Welcome back, everyone, to the Cancel for Maintenance podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we are a show that takes a behind-the-scenes look into the gritty, non-glamorous life of aviation maintenance. We share some laughs, impart some wisdom, all in hopes to giving you that split-second relief in your day that can prevent a mishap. I am your co-host, Six. Our other two co-hosts, MVP and Shoreline, are here again in the back, silently monitoring our audio and making sure that our faces stay fit for radio. <laughs> it's uncommon for us to have pilots, flight officers on the show. So today we are graced with two very special guests. These two women have been working hard and paving paths for the future women in aviation, and we're grateful to have them on the show. Our first guest is a former Army officer and Blackhawk pilot. She is a civilian rated on various helos and five types of fixed-winged aircraft. She is currently working on commercial aircraft add-ons, and she is the founder of Hover with Hargis, which is a program dedicated to not only welcoming more women into the aviation community, but to introduce them into rotary flight and offer scholarships to help women grow as pilots. Please welcome Mrs. Lexi Hargis. Thank you for coming, Lexi. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And our second guest hails from El Paso, Texas. She is a second-generation Mexican-American pilot. She gained her love for aviation from her father, who is a veteran and commercial airline pilot. She is a certified flight instructor too, or CFII, if I remember the acronym correctly, a corporate airline pilot and the founder of Women with Wings, a organization made to support, encourage, and recognize women aviators. Likewise, offering them opportunities and resources to expand their talents and expertise as women aviators. We're very honored to have her on the guest on the show as well. Please welcome Mrs. Beth Ramirez. Thank you for coming, Beth. Yeah, I appreciate you inviting me. Uh, once again, we're honored to have both of you on and for the work that you do for women and for aviation in general. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, it's uncommon for us to have aviators and flight officers onto the show. However, we understand that it takes a community to keep aviation running. That's both, that includes pilots, flight attendants, flight officers, air crew, mechanics, and so forth. And essentially, that's what y'all do with your organizations, which is fostering this community and welcoming people in that want to be a part of aviation, kind of like sparking that fire to have them love oh, aviation yeah. or in, reinvigorate that love for it. <laughs> now, oh yeah no definitely and we understand that there's some maintenance communities some small rings out there that have a little bit of abrasion towards pilots and air crew i'm sure there's some friction amongst aviators regarding maintainers too just kind of <laughs> throw it out there but <laughs> but again like you know that they can have their friction we all had our jokes and, and whatnot but again it takes a community to run it all it takes a village to keep these planes healthy and flying safe and likewise for all the people that do the work to make them fly and fly safe. So, uh, so uh, jumping in, in real quick, uh, for you two, uh, wh whoever wants to answer first, uh, what sparked your passion? What was your moment that made you fall in love with aviation? Go for it, Lexi. Um, actually, it was my grandpa. Uh, he was a four-time Vietnam veteran, and he's a flight engineer and crew chief on several different airplanes in the Air Force. And so it was honestly him. And even though, you know, he was, um, his view was from the backseat, I just 
loved hearing his story. And he was the one who really pushed me to not only just like go into the army, but be an officer and be a pilot. So I thought it was good to see him. Awesome. How about you there, Beth? Um, you know, uh, since my dad's been a pilot, like my whole life, I always saw it. And since he did it, like I said, my life, entire life and, you know, we, I would talk to the other kids and we would just be like, Oh, you know, what do your parents do? And we'd be like, Oh, mine's piloting. And they would be like, that's so cool. And not that I didn't think it was cool, but it was just so normal to me at the time because, you know, it was just always there. And it was always in the back of my head. I think I remember when I was 12, they had asked me like, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a pilot. Um, in high school, I kind of gave up on that dream just because I felt like I gave up on just kind of believing in myself, unfortunately. And it wasn't until college when my dad gave me like this um, good pep talk that just said, you know, follow your dreams. I love what I do. And, you know, and I was just like, you know, I want that fulfillment in life. So honestly, it was the fulfillment that my dad feels in his career that made me want to go after it. That's that's very inspiring, honestly, because um, I noticed this a lot for uh, some individuals who it's been um, instilled in them from the very get go. Then there's always that um, that few, myself included, where like aviation wasn't like the first thought. Um, it was just like, I want to do something with my hands. I want to go fast. I want to do something with a little bit of adrenaline attached to it. And then aviation just so happened to fill the gap at that one in that one moment. And then the bug bites you and all of a sudden oh, yeah. like, then it's like amazing. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, I would, I would point to like, uh, some of y'all's uh, programs where you offer discovery flights or you would give scholarships to have discovery flights and, uh, you can see it in their faces when that bug bites them almost like you can tell like, when, oh, yeah. it, when it hits, I'm like, yeah, th this person is going to love this, this industry. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Or this mm -hmm. is going to be their new hobby, right? <laughs> now, oh, so yeah. for so for that for them uh, with the discovery flights and for people f getting bit by the bug, uh, when you started your first steps, okay, I'm day one showed up at the school or day one showed up and being around planes, like you're actually going to step foot and put hands on this plane. What was your initial thoughts when that happened? Uh, Lexi, you want to go and we'll just go in that order. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, well, so my first flight in a helicopter was when I was at uh, Rutgers, and it was, you know, for Army Flight School. So I didn't have, like, the the leisure of, like, what a discovery flight, someone who would have a discovery flight would. So, um, you know, because the, the Army, you're on their time. So you're on your their time and their dime. So. I couldn't really like soak it in too much. If anything, it was very intimidating. <laughs> and um, our instructors, they're not, they're not like drill uh, instructors, but they're, you know, they're kind of aggressive. So it just, it, it was very intimidating. When I first had my, I would call it a nickel flight in the uh, L206, that, <laughs> that day I came home and I was honestly so overwhelmed. I didn't know if I was going to, like, I didn't know if it was going to be something I was going to be capable of. But it was just the initial shock. It's very, I mean, flying a helicopter, you're using every single limb for a different movement of every kind. And so 
to kind of get thrown into the fire was um, a little overwhelming at first. But, you know, after that first week of flying, I was like, it, you know, things start to calm down, like, like natural, and you get into the swing of it, and you're like, okay, all right, I can breathe, I'm doing good. And then by the end of that first phase, I was, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going in and I couldn't see myself doing anything else. Nice. How about yourself, Beth? Um, you know, I actually thought it was interesting. I was telling my dad about this, how I actually didn't do a discovery flight until I had fully changed majors, got in the loan, moved to do all the flight training. And then when I was there, I did a discovery flight, just assuming I would love it. And I and what's cool is that I was right. I remember that first flight I actually felt sick because I didn't eat before. But I I still enjoyed it. Like something about taking off and flying and landing. It's like like I said, it goes back to that initial like accomplishment that gives you that happy serum for your brain that I've just become addicted to. Right. And that that was more or less the feeling for myself. Um from the mechanic side of the house, it wasn't like, oh, I'm putting wrenches to parts. I mean, that fulfillment kind of happens when you're working on cars or or quads or anything like that. But what sold it for me, besides the view of being in a plane, was actually seeing it take off and take off because I had something to do with it. And I'm sure the same thing is for yourselves as, as aviators, when you're the one who pulls up on the stick when it's ro- rolling down the runway. Or um, pulling up on collective when it's uh, ready to uh, get going. I'm like, oh, I'm in the air now. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> oh, also, well, I took like. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, like, that's actually like the biggest, in my opinion, one of the biggest pros of aviation is that for as much as it is challenging and as much work and studying you put into it, you absolutely get the equal amount of reward. Definitely. Oh, you you were saying, uh, Beth? Oh, I was just gonna say that I flew in a helicopter once, and it's it's pretty crazy. You are not chilling or hanging out at any point; you are on it. Oh no! Um, so that that was really cool and really different. Um, I took I've taken two flights on, and one they were teaching me. I was like, "This is it's similar in in a ways where I kind of understand the gauges, but in flying, it's totally different." Oh, most definitely. <laughs> uh, now, far, now, as far as us, like we've done some flights too, where we would be the co-pilots or we would be some kind of flight engineer and we would take control of the stick. And at, at first it just feels like, like this is really weird. Um, it, it kind of feels like um, being in a pole chair. Like it's just rocking back and forth. Like, okay. And then you realize like all the forces you have to keep track of. <laughs> so it was a little daunting, Thank but I, I totally understand. Now, uh, Crazy. since uh, uh, you mentioned like some of the good parts or some of the uh, choke points, say, about uh, coming into aviation. Now, what was it like for you having to come into a field that was very male dominated? And did, did any of that give you any reluctance when you did step foot into it? Uh, I, I can do this one. First, uh, what was I going to say? You know what? I actually had trouble answering that question like at the beginning because fortunately I, um, at least like on the general aviation side of it, I, and everyone I've met, like, especially all the guys have been nothing but 
extremely supportive and they always just treated me as just another student that they would ask questions to want to study with. So for the longest time, I don't felt I didn't feel like I I was any different. And at the same time, I I think maybe that's part of my personality or like, I'm, you know, um, that I try to ignore if there's something negative, like it kind of goes over my head. I would say it wasn't till I started trying to get a job that things got a little bit harder because when you feel like somebody is interested in you and they're above you, it makes it awkward because you don't know how to react. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Right. Yes. You you don't want to put your job in like jeopardy and you don't want people to hate you, but you also don't want that relationship to go anywhere. So that has been my personal issue with being a woman in aviation. I feel like a lot, I've had a a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of support. Like my friend, like, um, I'm gonna tell him to, I'm I'm gonna tell him to hear, I'm gonna shout him out. Um, well, one of my friends, he's the one who, you know, got me a job at a CFI. So he's been super supportive. I could like call him my mentor. And then he also got me a job at where I work now because he, you know, he believes that I was like a great pilot. So like I said, nothing but support, but there are those situations where it's, it's just harder. And I do believe that that's more of a woman, um, not issue, but just something we have to go through. I don't I don't know the word for it. Gotcha. Like a challenge, right? It's like one of those uh, challenging stigmas you have to overcome. Yes. Yeah, I definitely, I'll add to that because um, I think you can something that's important. Um, when I was in flight school and I was with all my peers, mind you, I was the only, I've always been the only woman in my class or section or unit or what have you. So, um, I've only known it to be in a very male-dominated environment. But um, when I was with my peers, I'd never had any issues. I had always been welcomed with so much support and with encouragement and looked at, you know, as equal. It wasn't until I got to my unit and it would be like the older men or people who had some authority and people who... um, were like my supervisors and like, like were above me in the echelon, you know, um, it wasn't until I kind of had issues until then. And the issues I would tell any woman is like more often than not, they have nothing to do with your skill set, your talent, your work ethic. And it's nothing to do with you as a pilot or whatever position you're in. It's just, it's just a problem that you inherit strictly because you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And uh, I was on a, I was a guest on a podcast um, a couple of weeks ago. It was the Jet Fuel and Roses show. And they asked me that question, like, have you ever seen uh, any women mechanics in your areas or in your shops? And I said, yes, uh, probably more so than you might have seen. And I would think I would say like the issue with them as regarding performance isn't so much their skill set is more so like they've already have to overcome so much just to show what they can do. And a lot of it is just from the environment they're in. And some individuals, regardless of your uh, age, race or gender, if you're having a finger stuck in your face time and time again and being judged for every little thing you do and what you you refuse to do because of some healthy boundaries that you drew for yourself or whatnot it's go- it's gonna cause abrasions to some people it's going to 
create challenges for some individuals and they'll see someone will see that as a means to just kind of stuff you into a certain box and um, eventually eventually if you're stuck Mm -hmm. in a cage so long you're just you're gonna shut down and just not want to comply or do whatever it takes to actually be the best you can be just because it's it's um it's already demeaning regardless of what you do and that's when you will find some good individuals just um not do it no more just gotta focus on the good ones because like i said and, and lexi said too that we have so many support and there's a lot of guys that we work with that are nothing but great and have nothing a good nothing but good things to say about like 90 to 95 percent of the guys in aviation but there are the five percent that make it uncomfortable yes very much so and and it, it really is it's usually the five percent that have like a lot of uh, yes. influence and authority so it's intimidating yep. because of just not only them being your boss or your supervisor or whatever. Um, but it, it, it's also like the person who can destroy your uh, black, blackball you, blacklist you, whatever. Yep. Like, it's someone who has a great influence and impact on them. Yep. Absolutely correct on all that. You guys say it so much better than I ever could. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe it's perspective. Maybe it's perspective. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> now, for people who want to become pilots, what are some of the biggest challenges you think that they encounter when they say, I want to be a pilot? What do I do? <laughs> Go for it, Lexi. Uh, well, first and foremost, finances. I think um, finances is the biggest. I know mm-hmm. people say, mm-hmm. oh, you can, take out, you can take out student loans, but honestly, to get somebody to take out student loans in general, but like not only that, you're asking them to take out six figure student loans. So oh, yeah. that's intimidating. Um, and I think honestly, it's the this is what I hate about aviation is that there's actually a really good community, but when you look at like when you look at the job fill most of the positions you don't get that sense of like there's just a lot of lack of representation of all times you know so i i would say that could be a factor too very much so. um, i think you hit it really good on that one go ahead Beth. oh yeah uh, I was just going to say that I, the first thing I definitely was going to say was the financing money whenever i have friends who see me and message me like oh how do i you know, how do I become a pilot? And I'm like, first things first, you know, get a discovery flight. Because if you love it, you won't, you know, you'll be able to come, you will be able to overcome every challenge that comes, but you have to love it because not only is it going to cost you a good amount of money, um, it is, you know, it does take a lot of hard work and you really have to, especially if you're someone maybe who, didn't like school and wants to try something else which was me which was me I understand actually like was going like part-time kind of kind of trying to figure out my life for two years and then I went into like 16 credits so it was a complete change I had to study for hours so if if they're anything like me you do have to have that mindset change also which can be hard very much so yes now uh when you guys were starting your organizations hover with hargus and women with wings like what was the deciding factor for y'all to kick that off um 
Okay. Um, so one thing I do, one of my main hobbies is I compete in pageants. Um, I've been competing since I started college also. Honestly, I feel like I really found myself in college. I'm like everything I am now, starting at 19. And one of the things you have to have is a platform, something you stand for. And in high school, it's not ever something I thought about was having a platform, going out and doing community service. It's not till I got to college and became a part of this hobby that I had to think about it. And I joined aviation and I saw that there just wasn't many of us. And even, and at first, like I said, you know, we connected like we did, but in 2020, when everyone was home, for months and it was honestly I thought I was going crazy I had to go for walks for like three hours straight um that's that's when I created women with wings as a way of connecting women in aviation through the pandemic so it was already a lack of connection in the world overall in that year and I'm like you know why don't I take this opportunity to create my platform in the time where I believe it's most needed I'm uh, I'm 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 silent, but I'm not in my head, like all smiling, <laughs> like you could actually okay. see. Me. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. I kind of I agree. Like the pandemic kind of helped me um, introduce Hover with Hargis. I I always kind of had the idea to to do scholarships and to give back because I think that's just how I was raised. Is like you know you always plan to pay it forward and. You always start by doing that within the community that you're a part of. And so, you know, for me, it was important to start in aviation because that's the community I'm in. And because my experience has been very um, limited with just being around other women pilots, and um, it's actually Beth's organization that helped me meet other women pilots. Um but because I, I didn't really, I've never really been around other ones, I, I wanted to have, I wanted to facilitate a program that would reflect the community that I kind of seek. And so that was what was my main goal coming from it. That's very inspiring too. And, and it does help, right? When you have like-minded people with like-minded goals who are willing to uh, raise other ships, so to say. Um, there's There's been, been many communities that we've been a part of where uh, it, it was more like a a lion pride than it was a community. And what I mean by that is like, there's always one uh-huh. dominant figure and you pretty much just have to abide by whatever they say. And there's like this unspoken pecking order that has to happen. And the only way for you to step up is to push them out or to kind of either push them out or find another ring where you can be the dominant one and just... Uh, submit everyone to your will so to speak and hmm. that's kind of been and mm-hmm. that might be more pertinent what i've seen with maintenance um uh, rings i haven't seen too much of pilots but i'm not saying that it doesn't exist um now i've noticed with communities especially like when you're trying to start something new or something uh that no one's ever seen before it's very hard to find that buy-in from people like um Hey, I, hey! I, we're starting this community, this thing for women, this uh, part for aviation. How have you been able to get people to understand what it is and actually want to participate? 
Uh, I, I'll go. Um, Ooh, that's a good question. I try to focus on like the feminine part of aviation. I'm really girly. So when I make my page feminine, like putting Miss Women with wings, you know, creating like clubs like for women and putting really, you know, girly posts, that's that's how I try to make myself different from other women in aviation organization. It's just really diving into just the girliness of it because I know I like it and I'm just kind of finding my group of people who do. And honestly, it's I think it's done really well. I think a lot of girls do like that. Girls and women do enjoy that aesthetic to women with wings. I I agree. Um, I, I agree. Uh, Lexi, you're going. Um, I definitely, I, I think Beth does a really good job of that because um, I'm, I am a very, like, I am a girly woman, but at the same time, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little country bumpkin. So I'm a little rough around mm-hmm. the edges and I come from like, being a veteran so you know where language is pretty rude and crude and vulgar so mm-hmm. dark sense of humor and all that um that. so I, it's interesting because her and I we we bring a lot of different like contrasting um aesthetics a little bit but it works really well and um I don't necessarily think that there's just one specific aesthetic that I stick to as far as bringing women in I think that when I started getting donations for scholarships it was just purely from people who knew me and supported me and loved me. They had a lot of the people had nothing to do with aviation. And so a lot of the buy-in just came from already having that support system. And then in 2022, when I, you know, used these people's money that they trusted me with and showed them like, Hey, I gave five scholarships away. This is what your money did. That, like elevated the buy-in you know what I mean like that was where people were like oh look look what our money is doing like this is where it's going so I think a lot of that is just being really transparent and um forthcoming you know yes absolutely yes and that's I think that's the like one of the key things to having people want to participate or be involved with is where they they see value in what they're doing Right. Not this is not just for organization, but just for any type of thing that they want to be a part of. Right. Like if I'm going to show up, if I'm going to put in work, if I'm going to put uh, pour blood, sweat and tears into this, what's the value? What's the uh, for lack of a better word? What's the with them? What's in it for me? Right. And if mm-hmm. the what's in it for me is helping someone raise up and have opportunities or helping yourself develop some opportunities that that right there is a win. and. I'm going to polish your egos here a little bit. That's you guys are doing this so well. And, and especially with your two organizations, both offering scholarships and uh, giving women opportunities to showcase that, that side of themselves that they may have been neglecting for some time, (laughs) especially Mm -hmm. in a very constricting environment, such as aviation, right? It's Mm -hmm. you're, you're all, you're all dressed the same. You all look the same. You're being interpreted the same. Especially if you're in the military, there's like one standard, one standard oh, only, yeah. and <laughs> mm-hmm. you're it's one color, one size fits all kind of thing. And then you say, "Hey, look, there's other avenues that you can do." Oh, is there? <laughs> yeah. And um. Well, thank you. It it's well, we should thank be thanking you, you honestly. That's <laughs> like that's us thanking you. Like, thank you for what you do. And and I would I'm 
speaking um, for pretty much everybody, forgive me, everyone out there that's listening to this, I'm speaking for you, but um, to be offered something like that, to have some kind of opportunity is uncommon. And finding those is, it's not very well um, advertised or um, uh, put or distributed, if that's a better way of saying that. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like especially with scholarships. Um, you can go. You can Google search scholarships galore, but most of the stuff that pops up is like the same three or four um, bodies that do it, and mm-hmm. that's kind of discouraging for a lot of people right off the get go. Like, okay, this is a scholarship for this, or this is an opportunity for that, and then they see the organization title and like, yeah, I'm not gonna get it. Right? They they readily defeat themselves when they do that. So with the opportunities that you both uh, put out, it's like here's my shot, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. what a lot of us really want is just to have a shot and demonstrate what we can do and just have that community, like we were saying, to foster that. Because if if you're just doing this on your own and you have to teach yourself how to navigate through stuff you've never done before, in most cases, unless this person is extremely stubborn, it's they're just not going to do it. Or if they're stubborn, they're headstrong, but you get berated enough, you're just not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, and yeah. I think you you kind of hit it up too. Like there are some powerhouse organizations out there for women and you know they do a lot of incredible stuff, you know, they give out probably $50,000 worth of scholarships every year. Mm-hmm. But um some of the caveat to that is that you have to be a member, you have to pay your membership fee and there again you are automatically um Kind of like what you said, like it can be a little discouraging because um, there's it, they're so big that the, it's it's almost like, oh, man, like you feel impossible. like a little fish in the ocean type of thing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And now uh, with the projects you guys have done already, what sort of stuff do you have on coming for the future? Ooh, we have a big one. <laughs> you want to go ahead and talk about it? Uh, yeah. So um, me and Lexi are actually collaborating on a gala, a women in aviation gala. So it's a women with wing and hover with Hargis, um, women in aviation gala, which will be technically in New Mexico. There is a war, a air war museum. Um and it's like really nice. We're going to be giving out multiple, not only scholarships, but awards. And going back to kind of what I said about being girly and cute, it's like one thing that's going to be different is that we're going to give them a sash and crown. So I'm really excited about that because I think I've already seen people get <laughs> really excited and be like, oh, I'm interested in this. So it, it makes it a little different. We're still we're trying to like just make ourselves stand out. We're already selling tickets. We're already figuring out what, you know, what it's going to take for somebody to get these scholarships and awards. And if Lexi, if you want to add on to that. Well, and, and, you know, we, we kind of were like, okay, how can we set ourselves apart from like just any other aviation banquet, you know, or event. And um, the good thing that Beth, like one of the good things Beth brings to the table is like, you know, her girliness and her pageantry. So, um, when we incorporated the awards to do like kind of like a crowning moment, um, I thought that would be really, it's just, it won't have the intensity or maybe the, um, the, uh, 
fearfulness of a pageant, it'll be a little bit more um, relaxed, I guess, in that atmosphere. But it'll be nice to give recognition to some women, you know, um, for example, you have the Miss Mother Aviatrix, like, even though that's not a scholarship, it's, there's a lot of women who've applied to scholarships, um, my personal scholarship, and their mothers, they're ha- they all have like five children and, you know, still going to flight school every day. And like, that is, that is just mind boggling mm-hmm. to me because that, I know that's hard. Like there's, mm-hmm. it's hard just being a flight student, then being a mother on top of it. Like, oh, and yeah. I know, I know men can be fathers and pilots too, but it's, it really is different for the mother and they're, they're just natural inherited responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause what's, what's understood doesn't need to be explained, but, um, mm-hmm. but things to that nature, I, I think that our, our event will be really unique in a lot of ways like that. That sounds really awesome. And we actually look forward to seeing that happen. And hopefully this, this, um, sparks more of it to happen because your yours your gala i'm gonna be completely honest it's probably one of the firsts that i've heard of and i'm sure there's more there probably is more but yours are the ones that like that really address the underdog if so if that makes any sort of sense right like i don't like you mentioned mm-hmm. before i don't have to pay into it to be like i don't have to be a member i don't have to be established um Mm-mm. i just i just have to be who i am um and exactly and participate which i think is like the best to be honest like um like i'm getting nothing out of it except to brag about you fair enough (laughs) (laughs) so um for your organizations for your gala and so forth or and your future opportunities how can someone get involved and where can they find you um right now um I'm kind of establishing my ambassador program and it's really just a group of women that are just being connected. So we have a group, we have monthly meetings and um, once I can really establish what we're going to do each month, how many members we have right now, I'm actually going to open up. So I will be posting about it pretty soon. And then that's when more people, cause I've been getting a lot of message saying, how do I get involved? And being a corporate pilot, having, you know, all my, you know, hobbies, being married and everything else, you know, in my life, it's, it's been hard to juggle everything. Um, so that's why I kind of had to put that on pause and be like, you, I want you all to be involved. Give me, give me a few more days. Let me kind of really handle things and I will open it up to everyone. That sounds good. How about yourself, Lexi? I would just say, honestly, the easiest um, way is just through Instagram and following and just keeping up with what scholarships will have available and what projects are available. Um, cause my program, you know, it, it really is just for scholarships and opportunities. Um, and I, for me, because it's just me, myself and I, it's, it's very easy to manage it. And because it's through social media, you know, there's, it's very easy to attain and reach out and I can, you know, get a target audience from anywhere and everywhere. So, I mean, I've, I've had women from other countries message me and ask if they could get, you know, discovery flights. So, um, I would just say Instagram is the best way. And, you know, there are definitely, I'm always going to keep doing this, you know? Um, so 
there will always be opportunities. Awesome. And so, and what's the Instagram uh, tag that we, that everyone can find you for? So you can use the official one now because it's, it's a little baby. Ooh, it's growing, but it's, uh, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> yeah, it, um, it's at hover with Hargis and Hargis is just my last name. Um, and then you can also follow my personal one if you want. Um, it's Lexi Hargis um, or it's just L-E-H-E-X-S-E-E. And I do post a lot of aviation stuff on my personal one because I'm still trying to kind of transition that information to the official accounts now. So either one, honestly, you will you will be in the known. Gotcha. And how about Miss Women with Wings? At Women with Wings underscore. I also have my aviation one, which is at aviation. Beth, and then if you want to follow the title holder, I have at Miss Women with Wings, and all of these, you know, the the personal one, the aviation Beth, that one just kind of has like what I'm doing involving in aviation. Women with Wings will be all those posts of encouragement, of any scholarships, awards, anything coming up, and then Miss Women with Wings is kind of also trying to post uh, what I post on Women With Wings. So those are three accounts that I would recommend anyone following. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And again, thank you both. You've been very inspirational with all that you do and all for the future lives that you're about to interact with and possibly offer opportunities Mm -hmm. to. Is there any final advice, some sage uh, uh, wisdom that you want to impart to somebody that you may have not received or received too late to act upon? Um, be for honestly, this is like one of those cliches, but you know, the only thing to fear, you know, is fear itself, you know, like go after it. That's how you make opportunity. And sometimes we hold ourselves back because we're scared of what could happen. If you do it, you know, what's going to go wrong and you keep moving forward. Um, of course, when flying the plane, make sure you look at everything. So that's different, but I mean, in life, you know, just go after it. <laughs> Got it. So checklist, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's never too late. I've, I have flown with, you know, brand new pilots who were in their sixties and I've also flown with them a double amputee. So I would tell you that those people out there, they're out there, they exist. And so don't let anything like that ever keep you away from the flight line very sage advice both of you and again like it like to double tap everything it's never too late just go after it no matter where you are in life if you really want it really go after it and thank you both so much again for coming with us we will definitely want to have you on again and and uh talk some extra stuff (laughs) and definitely and for all of you out there again (laughs) what those listening uh, there's opportunities out there. There's scholarships out there. There's ways to help you accomplish what you want. It's just how much do you want it and how how willing are you are to look to find it. Here's two resources right here. There's ve- a whole lot more out there. It's just a matter of how much you want it and how much you're willing to do for it. But hey, tell us what you think. Like, is there something that you've been wanting to do and just were afraid of it? Is there something that was holding you back? Is there some other resources and advice you would want to hand out to not just pilots, but mechanics and anyone and everyone within the aviation community? Hey, let us know on our social medias, our website, emails, whichever is the easiest way for you to get a hold of us. 
Lexi or Beth. On that note, thank you all once again. And we'll see you all again on the next one. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformaintenance.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at C-X-M-X Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.